I want to go ahead and introduce you to Dr. Roseanne. Let me just tell you a little bit about her. I'm moving some stuff around on my screen because I want to make sure that I don't miss anything. I know all about this amazing woman, but I want to make sure that I read off of it just because I don't want to miss anything. Um, I met Dr. Roseanne last year, by the way, and, uh, and we have a lot of similarities in our passion of what we do. Both of us work in the field of mental health and chronic disease like Lyme. She focuses on children, at where our focus is on adults. Um, but she is a psychologist, a pediatric mental health expert, to be more specific. And she's the founder and director of the Global Institute of Children's Mental Health. And uh, she's based out of Connecticut. She works with thousands of clients all around the world um, with some of the most challenging conditions out there, like ADD, autism, anxiety and depression, learning disabilities, people that have had traumatic brain injuries like with multiple concussions. She works with, uh, with uh, kids who are struggling with Lyme disease and all of the complications of the neurological stuff that happens and with pans and pandas. So she treats that whole gamut of different conditions that really affect the nervous system and the brain. Um, she has been featured on Mel Robbins, Fox News, NBC, CBS, like every acronym out there, right? She's been on it. Um, welcome, welcome, and thank you so much, Dr. Roseanne, for being here with us today. Well, there we go. Thank you so much for having me and that lovely intro. I feel really blessed that I got to know you. We do really believe very similarly about um, physical and mental health and how mind, body, and spirit are all connected. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm all about root causes and have been for 30 years. And, um, you know, this is a hard time for people. And um, I'm going to give you some real actionable tips to bring some calm into that chaos that you feel is happening. Um, and there are many things that people can do, as you've been talking about. Um, but there are many things you can do to make yourself be feeling control because the loss of feeling you're in control, this uncertainty, this chaos, this overwhelm is something that you can get a handle on. Um, and when you do that, I promise you, you won't feel as anxious. That's so amazing. And I'm really excited to, uh, to jump into that. Um, you know, before we, before we jump into, um, some of this, um, just remember everyone, I know that there's so much uncertainty. I'm seeing some of the comments coming through, um, you know, in the uh, chat box. Um, we're gonna spend the next hour, hour and a half actually, together. Stay present and stay focused on the information that Dr. Roseanne's going to share with you today. And that afterwards, Rosita, our, our repatterning therapist, is going to walk you through an actual exercise. And I want you to see how you feel. After hanging out with us, we're all a family, we're all a tribe, we're coming together to help each other. When you stay present, your brain doesn't have time to be fearful and conjure up all the what ifs. So just take a breath. And Dr. Roseanne, go ahead and lead us into, into uh, you know, some of the things that we can start implementing. Yeah, and you know, I would say that if anybody has any specific questions, I want to be able to answer them. So certainly put them in the chat. 
um, you know, mental health is something, you know, I've been doing for almost 30 years and I do specialize in kids, but I work with all ages, including adults and lots of elderly folk as well. And, you know, this is unprecedented. This is something we have never experienced, but all of us have experienced something in our lives that was incredibly hard. There is not one person here that has not like made it through something that you didn't think you were going to make it through. And so you can do that again. Um, it's just as a collective, people are feeling overwhelmed. You might even be freaking out, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, it's okay to have these feelings. These are valid feelings. What is, what is not okay is living in that. If you're really anxious or you're feeling really depressed, you know, when you stay there, it feeds itself. So I want to talk about what we can do within ourselves, both things we can do in our environment, things we can do with our mindset, um, because, you know, our mindset is absolutely what we can take control over. So we can control the thoughts that we're having, even though we feel like we can't. Um, and, you know, not even in this crisis, I'm sure people, you know, here and, you know, all of us have experienced when we have what I call looping thoughts, like worried thoughts that seem like, please, somebody put a pause on that. Um, and, you know, you're probably at times feeling like this and, you know, in this whole process, you know, okay, what, what can we do? What can we control? We're going to talk about that. But this is almost like the stages of grief and that, we're going to have like in our rolling out of every um, U.S. Um, you know, state and other countries, uh, everyone is handling things sort of differently. We don't have a national like, okay, this is a shutdown and these are the expectations, even though other countries have done that. Um, and that's okay. Um, but what it means is we're experiencing things as a collective in different timelines, right? So like I'm very close to New York City and that was one of the hot areas, right? Um, so even just 40 minutes from here, the National Guard took over uh, New Rochelle, New York uh, two weeks ago uh, and, and nobody can leave. So that price sends panic into people, but this is what is, we have a lot of unknowns and a lot of uncertainty, but what it is, is that, you know, day one, when you're told you're under quarantine, you're going to have a set of feelings. Day two, you're going to be like, oh my God, what the heck am I going to do? And day three, you're going to be like, I got this. What can I do? What can I put into control? And so the first part, I think of just saving your sanity, whether you're a mom with homeschooling, you're working from home your grandparent, whatever's going on is you need to set a routine. Um, and I think that is critical. I don't know, Dr. Elena, how much have you talked about that? We haven't been, well, you know what? Today we're talking more about the routine. We did okay. talk about that in one of our blogs, okay. um, but now we get to talk about it more because routine is super, super important right now. So important and um, you are used to routine whether you're working or not, and putting a routine gives predictability for yourself. And if you're a mom or a dad homeschooling right now, boy, your kids need a routine. And just to know, and having a routine gives your subconscious and your conscious state a sense of control. And I'm going to really talk about what you can control to build um, resilience. You know, so, you know, this is a time when we may be feeling a sense of panic 
And that's okay if you're feeling a sense of panic right now. We're gonna talk about what you can do. We'll talk about what's normal and when you need to reach out and get a licensed therapist too. Um, but a routine allows your nervous system to, to say, okay, I got this next, I got that next. And what, what I've been recommending for routine, what I'm doing for myself is, you know, every day um, I have a different schedule because of my work, but my son uh, who's, you know, doing virtual homeschooling doesn't. So we made a routine, we went over it. Um, he's, he's a great example of this kid that's like super easy, but actually kept showing anxiety and kept saying, I'm really worried. And he actually said, because he's a therapist kid, he said, I have anxiety over this schedule. <laughs> My husband, I shouldn't laugh, but everybody who knows me knows that like, no matter what's going on, I'm going to make crack a joke and we need to all laugh and we shouldn't feel guilty about that. Um, today, I have a group chat with my girlfriends about what I'm grateful for. And let me tell you what I'm grateful for, that nobody's on the highway so that I can drive without you know, just getting there and nobody, it's a very high traffic area where I live. So, you know, yes, I'm grateful for my family's health, but we also need to have like a sense of laughter and whatever. We had such a giggle about it because everybody who knows me knows that in the real world, as, it, as it insignificant it may seem, driving uh, for work for me in the morning is one of my, is my number one petty annoyance in the world. Um, mm -hmm. And I do EFT tapping when I drive. Um, in between honking and flashing my lights, but <laughs> I hope everybody gets a good giggle out of that. God help us. We all need some laughs. So having a routine and, and here's my child where I said, okay, so, so tell me what you're worried. And he said, I'm worried. I'm not going to be able to do the schedule. Okay. So I said, do you think it would be helpful if we actually did a dry run? And he was like, yes. And then I was like, is there anything else you would need? And he said, well, I, you're going to be busy at work. I need daddy to sit with me the first day. Okay, no problem. We were able to do that. Um, and so, you know, giving your kids a sense of that predictability and that's what he needed and dialoguing was really important. So having a routine, your routine, I know you're, if you're at home, put in there, breakfast at seven, work out at eight, stick to routine. I'm going to call my girlfriend, start a book club. I mean, these are the other things, the social things. And, and if it has to change every day, great, but create a routine because it's going to help you in a lot of ways to get through this. And it won't feel like, oh my God, I'm going to be inside for two weeks or whatever it is in your parameters of the world, right? So I think that's the first thing that needs to happen. And when you do that, you're, again, you're going to be like, okay, I can, don't feel so overwhelmed, right? Because overwhelm um, panic and fear of the unknown are the top three things that I'm seeing, right? So then, you know, the second thing is let's control our thoughts, okay? So what can we do to control our thoughts? Boy, we can actually do a lot. Um, and there's no one way to do anything, whether it's calming the nervous system or controlling your, your thoughts. I'm going to give you tips that you can do and you can test out if they feel good. But, um, you know, as somebody who is a positive person, and no matter what, right, um, and I have the blessing of having not one but two special needs children, um, and my older son has chronic Lyme, and because of that, 
um, his medical issues dictated my entire life and my husband's life, our family life. And every decision had to be made about what's in the best interest of Max's health. And boy, that gave me a lot of clarity about everything in life, right? So I looked at it as a blessing and a lot of blessings came because of that. Um, and you know, yes, Max does okay. And Max is still a challenge and he's always going to be a challenge even when I'm 80 and he's 50. It's still going to be that way because um, he's just that way. So, um, you know, it's all your outlook, right? So you can control how you phrase things to your internal self in your dialogue and you can control things on what you say on the outside. So in the terms of um, the world and energy, um, you know, when we make negative statements, they're much more likely to happen. Um, and why is that? You know, there's a belief that, you know, there's quantum physics, right, that all our energy interacts. But really, it's about your subconscious, which is totally in control between 95 and 99.5% of the time, your subconscious is in control. So, uh, you know, all of us, all of us ladies who are here running this, this um, panel right now, boy, do we have good brains. <laughs> and so do you. <laughs> um, but guess what? Our subconscious is in control whether we want to accept it or not. So we always think we could just override things with rational thought. It's, it's just that not that way. That's only happening between 0.5 and 5% of the time. So when we make statements like, um, you know, I'm going to use the example of uh, an athlete, right? So uh, athletes are all about mindset and doing things. So when we say, wow, I'm really going to suck at this and I'm going to lose, guess what? You're going to probably really suck at it and get it loose. But when you say, I'm going to win this race and I'm going to beat the record. And, you know, every fiber in you believes that, you know, you're making a declaration, you're visualizing, you're seeing yourself. Um, this is powerful, powerful stuff. We know this. Um, time and time again, you know it in research. I mean, we, we can, could, our thoughts can um, and how we um, make statements can actually control our immune function. I mean, there's just tons of research with cancer about this and different things and white cells. Um, so make positive declarations. Say it outside and say it internally. Um, and it's really, really powerful and you can do that. And if you really want to ramp it up, um, you could do what I do and I visualize everything. So whether I actually, what I actually do is when I want something, I, um, you know, spend time thinking about what I want to have happen and I see it and I say, this is what's going to happen. I see it. Oh, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Um, it's part of why I've been really successful with, you know, doing a lot of media is I literally say, this is what's going to happen. Um, and I'm going to be on this show. And I just did that right now. And they already contacted me. So <laughs> you can't say I want want to win lotto though, and you gotta play it to win, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, in this moment, what you can do is you can say, I'm not only gonna get through this moment and survive, I'm going to thrive. And paint that picture for yourself what it looks like. Okay. See yourself being calm. See yourself calmly asking your snarky children if they've got their homework done, right? Because everybody's kids are going to give them pushbacks. 
Like I have been posting on social that even my kids and showing pictures of them having tantrums, um, you know, and I ask my kids permission. They know that we post these things. They're really funny. And um, so, you know, these are the things that you can take control of. Maybe you need to make a vision board for yourself. Like, you know, you certainly have nothing but time. We might as well use it. Right. Um, and that's my next tip is like, be productive. You're in your house. What can you do? Make a list of all the things, you know, make your immediate list, make your wish list. We don't know. The uncertainty is we don't know how long this quarantine is going to last. That's okay. And that's where you can take control over. Okay. Maybe I'm going to clean a drawer every day. Like who the heck wants to do that? But boy, doesn't it feel good when you clean a drawer? Yeah. So, um, and you know, maybe it's working on a book. Maybe it's, you know, knitting, you know, it just is so personal and unique to you. You know, um, maybe this is the time you're going to rework your diet, you know, and you're really going to get super healthy. Um, you know, maybe you're going to make a pantry cookbook. We did, um, you know, just different, different things. Keep yourself occupied and busy and it will help to, um, when you engage on a physical level, your nervous system regulates, your mind won't drift into negative thinking. Um, you know, it's really important, right? I know. And my girls are over here shaking their heads. So, <laughs> Um, I could talk forever. So, you know, if anybody has a question or anything, you know, you want to chime in, you know, please do. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, my, my job is, you know, I'm all about providing as well as Dr. Elena, you know, providing natural alternatives to support our nervous system. Um, and obviously what I do is related to mental health, but it's very much related to physical health and that's important. Yeah, you know, a lot of the things that you're mentioning, they're so powerful, and, and I just kind of want to, I, I want to take a couple minutes to add to that. Um, we're seeing a lot of people that are panicking, but then when I'm getting on calls with them, you know, they're not, I'm asking them, have you written in your gratitude journal today? Have you done any of your breathing techniques that I told you about? You know, um, you know, you know, have you, um, you know, have you opened up a book to read it? They're not doing any of that. So I just want to address that for a minute. Okay. We've all grown up. Um, and for a couple of generations now in a world that, uh, you know, where our, our daily routines are not serving us. I mean, we've been walking a tight rope and now that this has happened, you know, it's like, the last straw that broke the camel's back kind of a scenario. Why? Because we've been walking a tightrope, like we haven't been doing the things that are serving us. There is no magic pill for this. And, and, and many, I mean, you know, many people who, you know, who are reaching out to us who are not even our clients, you know, they're like, what can I take? What can I take? I need to calm down. No, there is no magic pill. And even if you could get, you know, get a hold of the Xanax, you know, right now through your doctor to like chill you out, it is not going to fix the problem. You can't bury your problem under a drug. You can't bury it under your, you know, under your work. You need to wake up. You know, we all need to wake up. This is a wake up call for us. I see a lot of good coming out of this because we have put our health, we put our mental health, our spiritual health, 
and our physical health on the back burner for years. Walking that tightrope, burning the candle at both ends. We've been playing roulette with our lives. And you know, now that this has happened, people are flipping out. And you know, and 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 they don't even know what tools are available to them. They think that it's it's gonna be in the form of Xanax or some kind of a pill. It is not. And so the things that we're sharing with you today, you know, we've had the last week or the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about all the medical side, all the newest updates, all that. But this, this is the most important stuff that we need to be doing. And so when Dr. Roseanne is sharing these things with you, you know, take it and use it like your life depends on it because your life does depend on it. If you cannot, um, you know, raise your consciousness and, and see what's really going on and realize that you do need to implement these different things, you're going to be in a world of trouble. And so, you know, we are here to provide these things for you because we love you and we know that this stuff works. So, I mean, I just, I just want to take a couple minutes. I had to jump on that yeah. and just, you know, just really, really let you guys know this stuff is the most important stuff, how you respond to, to a crisis is way more important than the crisis itself. So. Bam, that right there, how you respond. And so the thing is, you know, from a mental health perspective, you know, this is where I want to say, I want to validate your feelings. So you are feeling, you know, worried and about a lot of things. Um, you're feeling, you know, you, there's so many feelings that are coming through you in waves, right? And, and that's what's happening. It's in waves that you feel immobilized. And, um, and sometimes we don't, not sometimes, we always don't take action when we feel immobilized. And so what I want you to do is start small. So when we're like, do this, do this, do that, whatever, you know, I've spent my whole lifetime, I was raised holistic. Like, I don't know another way. Like my, my youngest has never even had wheat for Christ's sake, you know? So, <laughs> you know, whenever somebody's like, wow, your kids eat this, this, and this, like their number one favorite food is calamari. Their number two is, is octopus and their number four and number three is steak. That's not normal American children, you know, but that's what they were raised and that's what they're known that, you know, when I asked them to meditate, they're like, sure, you know, they talk to their friends about meditation. They don't know anything different, right? So I want to honor that this may be you're in here getting help, but this is part of your journey. So the way to do it is to pick one thing, start with that, pay attention to your body. What does your body feel like? when you gratitude journal, if that's what you chose, or you did some EFT tapping, we're gonna talk about that. Pay attention, connect to that, let the relief happen for you. And so choose something, also choose to not let the thoughts come to you. And that may feel like the most, the, the highest, the hardest, hardest thing, right? But you actually, there are tips and techniques. So. The first doctor, you know, Elena is already talking about breathing. You know, you could do a five, seven, eight breath. I don't know which breath you, you're doing. There's 360 breathing, just deep breathing. So, you know, in through the nose for five seconds, hold for seven, out for eight. And when you are having thoughts, okay, and all of us have thoughts, every one of us, including me, there's worry that comes in, right? Um, and I'm telling you, I'm not freaking out because I'm so busy. 
that I don't even have a moment to freak out. And, um, you know, I'm designed for crisis. I'm like a wonderful crisis person. Um, I treated people from 9-11. I was there, you know, helping people at Sandy Hook, you know, like, so in a lot of levels, both personally, as I shared with some of the things that has happened with having somebody with chronic Lyme, Lyme disease and hands in my life um, and all the unfortunate repercussions about that. Um, and also in professional world, but so what do you do when thoughts are coming in? So a quick hack when you are doing a five, seven, eight breath is actually to stick your tongue on the roof of your mouth. Okay. This little thing, you're going to concentrate and holding your tongue on the roof of your mouth, mouth, and you're not going to have any thoughts. You're going to be like, Roseanne, that's like money. It's like, it's awesome. And it is true. It really, you can't, you're like, hold your tongue up there. And it just shuts off the looping in your brain, like a quick little hack right there, right? Um, and then, you know, what you can also do is when a negative thought comes in, you can make a positive affirmation statement to yourself in the inside or even better on the outside, right? So, you know, I love and accept myself. I'm doing the best I can, right? So that's kind of a hard statement for people, right? And then you want to amp it up to the next level. You can say that you can do EFT tapping. We'll talk about EFT tapping. You just go to this clavicle point right here. There's a whole, you can look up on the tapping solution for how to actually properly tap, get onto YouTube. Um, and you can look up, you know, um, the Ortners have great videos. You can tap like this. This is the karate. I, I do this because it's like, again, I'm doing it when I'm driving. Um, so, <laughs> you know, but I'm not doing it right. I'm not, I'm doing it today. Like I find myself all of a sudden something uncomfortable makes me feel uncomfortable and emotions are supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. So what Dr. Elena is talking about is Xanax isn't going to freaking turn that off. It's going to, it's going to push it down. And when you push it down, oh, it will rear its head in ugly ways. And you're just going to make it be a big pile of stuff that's going to hurt you. And you need to feel the emotion, honor it, and then move on, right? So when we do breath work, when we do all these things, we're not shoving it down. We're letting it get into our, incorporate into our system, but then move it in a place that it's where it's supposed to be, right? So, um, you know, right, Dr. Elena, you see people that are like, I've been taking this. I, I have people that came to me and took Ativan twice a day. I'm like, Ativan twice a day? The person should be, like, arrested who gave you that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like when you when you shove your emotions down and you, or you ignore them, it's like a pressure cooker. Like if they, it's gonna get, if you know, it's only going to get worse. And and one of the things that I like to do is kind of in, envision what it looks like to to um, embrace your emotion because people are like, what the heck does that mean? So imagine for those of us who are parents, your your child all of a sudden, you know, they're screaming or they're crying and you go running to them. Or maybe your kid, you can tell that something's wrong, but they won't like talk to you about it. What do you do? You go to your kid, you go, it's okay. You know, talk to mommy, talk to mommy, tell me how you're feeling. It's okay. And then they talk to you and what do you do? You embrace them, all of them, which includes their emotions too. You're physically embracing them, but you're spiritually embracing them with love and acceptance. And then you're like, you know, it's going to be okay. Well, how come we don't do that to ourselves? It's because we weren't taught to do that. Like we weren't taught to do that. Embrace it. 
you know, say to yourself, okay, you know, come face to face with that emotion in your mind and in your heart and just listen to it and say, okay, you know, tell me what's going on. Because I've been busy doing all this stuff, but you keep popping up in here like a broken record. Tell me what's going on. I and, love that, Dr. Alina. That's beautiful. Embrace yourself. Yeah. And allow yourself to- You're the last to, person on our list. Yeah, we are. We always are. But if we'll just sit there and listen to ourselves speak, listen to the emotion, and allow yourself to feel it. Like, don't be afraid. Everybody's so afraid of the, of the emotion. If you feel, if you feel if tears come out of your eyes or you feel like the chest gets tight or whatever, allow it. Just remember to breathe through it, breathe through the emotion, feel it, allow yourself to have the emotion. And if you cry or whatever, like that's fine. And then just like you would remember to do with your child, give them a hug, give yourself a hug and say, it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. I mean, that's, that's kind of a, I mean, that's the example that I'm using to, you know, to embrace your own, your own negative feeling or emotion so that you can walk through it and then let it go. Well, we're also used to living in this like super anxious mode, right? You know, so for those people that live in cities or, you know, I live right near New York city, as I mentioned earlier, and I feel like I work with people all over, not just the United States and other countries, but you know, when I have my Northeast folk, holy crap. We're like, just like me, when I drive on the highway, I'm like, get out of my way. You know, if I got places to go and I'm more important than you. No, it's not. It's me, right? You know what I'm saying? So I think that we need to use this, right? Like crisis is your learning opportunity, right? Like, so I am grateful for every awful thing that has happened to me. Um, and, and even where I am today and even knowing Dr. Elena ha happened because two years ago I had a situation where somebody put my life in jeopardy and, um, I was completely betrayed. It was somebody that I knew and cared about. It was awful, awful. I can't even tell you, it took me 10 days to not just cry and break into tears. And let me tell you, anybody knows me like I'm tough as nails. I'm that girl you want in a bar fight with you because I got my stuff together. Um, and I was just like sucker punched, right? And I was like, what is my lesson here? What is my lesson here, right? And, I, and there was a big lesson for me. And my lesson was that I was playing small and that I needed to support people on a broader scale. And that's what I completely pivoted. So I'm only sharing my story because you have your story, right? Every one of us has gone through something that absolutely stinks um and you are here today because you learned and you grew from it so um it's just like right now we're just feeling those big um emotions right and we're not only for us those of us that are mothers we're not only handling our emotions we're handling our children's emotions so the first thing you need to do is put your oxygen mask on right because if you don't put your oxygen mask your kids are going to know you don't have your stuff together. And they're going to be like, okay, mom, you're telling me not to worry, but um, you are freaking out, <laughs> you know? And they're going to feel it, right? You're going to show it. What is that going to look like? You might be sweating. You might be wringing your, your, you know, wringing your hands. Like you might not be looking at them. Um, you might be saying it's going to be okay and actually going, it's going to be okay. Like people don't realize when they, their body tells you exactly how somebody's feeling. And so put your oxygen mask on, take a minute to calm yourself, whatever it is that you need to do. And you absolutely hundred percent have that power.
you absolutely do. There is not one person that doesn't have that power. You may feel like it. And even if you let your kid be your motivation for a moment, let your kid be that motion, that motivation. And so, you know, one of the, the lot of my questions been coming up, um, on the media interviews and even right now in our chat is, you know, how do I talk to my kids about this stuff? And I think this is a really, really important question. Um, so, you know, first of all, developmentally appropriate. So we're going to talk about, you know, what ages, how do you talk to kids? And it's so interesting because they're at first, I think all the kids were sort of handling it differently. And now the unique needs of each population. Um, and I think out of all the groups of everybody that's handling things the best, it's actually the younger kids. So because kids still believe everything we tell them, including that Santa Claus exists, right? So, <laughs> so when we say, you know, um, hey, you know, I've been using the example I have of my nine-year-old, his name is John Carlo, and he's as delightful as his name. He's my partner in crime. He's a lot of fun. And um, he's like 57, but he's nine. And so he, um, I had been traveling up to a couple weeks ago, just so everybody knows I'm, I'm taking for week five of level 10 antivirals and I'm good. So, um, I'm not saying it works for me. I know it works for me. So, plus I do daily meditation and I do PMS and biofeedback every day, seven days a week, crisis or not. And, um, so he said to me, mom, my last trip to LA, he said, um, mom, are you, are you worried about this coronavirus? And I said, no, John Carl, I'm actually not. Um, and I told him what I was doing and he said, okay, doo -doo -doo. and he left and he went on his way. Now, obviously we're way beyond that. Right. Um, but I know that when he knows that when I reassure him, um, and I give them TLC and I, I love to give squeezes, right? You got to squeeze your kids, even your teenagers as much as you can. And I think teenagers are letting people squeeze. He took that reassurance. I gave him easy facts, even at every stage right now, what does homeschooling look like? Um, and you know, I told you he got some anxiety about it. We dug deep, right? I could tell, I could tell by how he was moving his hands when he was talking to me. And um, he's also a Virgo, and Virgos need to have schedule in advance. And if you try to mess with their schedule, it's not going to work. Um, so I knew that that would be my hurdle for him was day one of homeschooling. Now he's like, Mom, don't even walk into the room when I'm homeschooling. Like, he doesn't even want to see me. He's like, I'm hanging out with my friends. Of course, we go to a progressive, super fun, hippie school. So, um, but, so, you know, Give, give those younger kids, give all ages of kids basic facts. Be present when you're there. Do not be on your phone. I know we're working from home. Um, I'm gonna talk about managing that a little bit, but be present so that they can, you can see if they're showing you signs of worry and they can see you and how you're gonna radiate calm the best of your ability. And don't lie to them. If they say you're worried, say, you know, I am worried, but this is what I'm doing to help control that worry. And this is what we can do as a family. And I think that's really important. And teens, your middle schoolers are gonna sort of be in between where they're at, right? Um, the biggest issue for tweens and high schoolers is actually the loss of social connections and independence. So that has really been coming up as a big issue that you know our college kids or high schooler kids who are used to just getting independence, they're pretty PO'd about it. 
Um, and so with our teenagers and how to talk to them, I say you preemptively jump in and be like, wow, I'm really hearing from like, you know, your Aunt Betty, you know, who's a teacher, the kids are thinking that, blah, 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 and say like, you know, what are your thoughts on that? You know, everybody knows don't ask kids yes and no questions. Okay, so just best tip of anybody working. You have to ask an open-ended question. You can't say, how was school today? You're going to say, what did you do in your friend's class today? See how that, it's like a top, that's a pro tip. So, um, you know, so in these dialogues, don't ask yes or no questions. But also, don't grill them like it's the Spanish Inquisition either. So, <laughs> right? You got to be present. You got to be present. And I just, everybody knows Elena's cracking up. I talk to everybody like this. This is how I am all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, we, I just am very practical and, um, we need to hear things that people can do. So I think that's important. And, you know, look, look for your kids acting out, look for your kids, you know, screaming. I, you know, had somebody, um, ask about that their grandchild said that they wanted to harm themselves. Um, you know, and so what's a clinical issue for yourself? What's not a clinical issue? So kids are going to show stress responses. Guess what? Lots of hugs, lots of TLC, lots of connections. Offer them ways, like what are your friends doing? Like, are you, why don't you guys do a Zoom meeting? How about playing uh, whatever? Crimes Against Humanity. That's a teen game you know, or something virtually, like offer them support, get a Zoom account. I don't know how much Zoom's going to be lasting with everybody getting on Zoom, but give them practical things that maybe they haven't thought of. I, what I do think teens are really rising in this and they're finding these really cool ways to connect um, as well as adults. Like, you know, I, my friends are doing book club and knitting club and, you know, they're getting together. It's pretty cool actually. Um, so that's the flip side. Like we realize how important health is, both physical and mental and social health and connectedness, right? Like since it got removed, we're like, oh my gosh, I'm missing, I'm missing, um, you know, my annoying coworker, you know, <laughs> um, and these four walls aren't looking so good, you know, so get out, do what you can, um, and, you know, try, try your best, right? Um, but I think, you know, for teenagers in particular who developmentally want to cut off from you, it's just trying to be physically connected to them to the best you can and show in, um, I think is probably my best advice. And if you think somebody has a clinical issue, so if somebody has a pre-existing mental health issue, we want to watch them more, right? So if your child or yourself already had anxiety or depression, please make sure you're virtually meeting with your therapist. Do not put that on pause. Um, I know here we've always had virtual therapy sessions. I know you guys do. And we've had almost nobody drop off, which I'm so grateful for. So some people did say, well, I want to put this on pause for two weeks. Like two weeks is a magic number. We're going to be out. It's the worst time. It's the worst time to do that. You need to connect with your therapist now and your team of healthcare practitioners now, especially those, those of you who are already working with virtual, you know, with virtual coaches and therapists, like you guys are the lucky ones because all the other ones who don't yet know, you know, I mean, poor, poor people, like they, you know, they need a lifeline, but this is, you need to connect stronger more now than ever. And somebody, 100%. yeah, 
Yeah. And I see some of you who are, who are our clients who are on right now. And, and I'm like hugging you right now. I'm hugging all of you that are on right now. But for those of you that are on good for you, you know, stay connected with us because you know, you definitely want to do that right now. And if you have friends or you have family and you see that they're going down the rabbit hole, right. you yank them out and connect them with somebody who can do virtual virtual yeah. coaching with them somebody who can grab them and help you know put their legs back under them again yeah i mean 100 percent. and so there's the the stress you know coaching there's coaching you know and uh, you know we we support people in both ways and then there's clinical issues like for right now we do a lot of specialty work in ocd and um my ocd people for weeks have been feeling it because of the hand washing and the compulsiveness around germs. Um, and, you know, some people have said like, oh, could I just OCD at this time? I mean, it is possible. Um, OCD always starts with high level anxiety and, and, loop, and it always starts with looping thoughts. It doesn't have to be an outward behavioral compulsion. compulsion. It can be compulsive thinking. Um, so, you know, stay connected to your provider. And if you feel like somebody is really extreme like whenever somebody does threaten to harm themselves i'm not your classic psychotherapist who thinks oh my god that means you have to be admitted into a psych you know a psych hospital which is like the worst place in the world for mental health um certainly if there's complete safety issues that's the best that we have and that's where you have to go but sometimes kids make stupid statements and they're only stupid because they're things that could get them into trouble but it's a red flag is what it is. These are red flag statements like, hello, I'm in complete distress. Like it wouldn't be unusual for a child on the spectrum or ADD who's impulsive and not really necessarily thinking about what the response would be from others to make these kind of statements. So, you know, if anybody ever has a plan, plan of self-harm, that requires professional care. You need to find a licensed mental health professional in your state immediately. Um, and there are set up virtually. But if you're unsure, you can be coached through these things like, you know, places, you know, at Dr. Rosanna Associates. But you can also, you know, go on to psychology today in your area and find somebody. Um, and there's people everywhere that are great mental health professionals and it's not a time um to do that you know yeah you, really, you need to stay connected to your therapist and there's no shame in it i think what's really happened in these 30 years is like i love all the celebs that are out there like i go to a therapist i go to a therapist because guess what we're we're all feeling it and and sometimes you know just like right now i'm giving you hacks like these are things a therapist is a learning coach they are not, I don't do therapy where you get to talk about your mother all day. Call somebody else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. about change and learning and guiding and holding your hand. Um, and that comes through steps, you know, um, and not complaining. So um, we are not a complaining therapist group. But we're yeah. going to support and tug you and TLC, you know, TLC you up like no other. Yeah. Um, but that's important because you need to take steps, 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 you know, and that's what Dr. Elaine is here about in all the health components in the health things that you can do are incredible for helping your nervous system, you know, absolutely incredible. So you, you want to, you know, um, eat, you know, certain way, right. Um, 
then it's only going to boost your neurotransmitter activity if we have foods with you know a certain amount of fat in them and nutrients and you know phytonutrients through rainbow colored vegetables which are readily available at the grocery store because nobody's buying those right now yeah yeah i know that's out, that that's funny when we when we went to, to the grocery store um uh you know all of the fresh produce it's all fully stocked um but you go but you go down the aisles and like you know the chips are gone the salsa was gone like you know all of the processed packaged foods were gone it was like oh my gosh like yeah. these people really need help i wanted to steer the conversation a little bit um and you know thought maybe we could go into some q a some questions yeah. And we, spend, and we can spend the next couple of minutes doing that. Um, I've got one here. It's from Marianne who says, hi, Marianne. I know I said hi to you earlier. Um, she says, I have two sons, 19 and 21, who have moved home from college. They have had freedom to create their own schedules from how late they can stay up, you know, eating in the middle of the night, playing, you know, loud video games till the wee hours of the morning and sleeping until late in the day. Um, uh, but You're wondering it, on how to set a schedule, Marianne. That's it looks said. like, it, yeah, she says it's disrupting her husband and the 17-year-old daughter um, who actually looks like they are trying to maintain a schedule. So what's going to be the best way to approach them to get them on, to get them willing to, yeah. you know. So my first question is this, that are they actually still taking courses right now? Yes. Okay. So we're going to start with there. Thank you that they have courses. So, you know, I say this opens up as a conversation and say, listen, hey, listen, this is so stressful for everybody. Um, I'm feeling it. You're feeling it. You know, you might even be sleeping a lot because you're, you know, just feeling so stressed out. You know, how can I help you? And then see what comes up, right? Because then there's no defense, right? Because you know, teenagers and college kids are going to be like, eh, the wall up, right? Um, whether you are so nice or not, like I could barely even get a word out. My teenager is like, ah, you know, so fine. Right. And, um, it even happens to Dr. Rosie. So it happens to everybody. It's just normal development. And then I would flip the schedule and say like, listen, you know, the, the topic of conversation and bring it to the schedule and say, listen, and, and this is where, this is the hard thing. Like, are they getting their work done? Are they not getting their work done? is probably a question that is important. And I don't know the way colleges work today. It's not like you have any access to that because of like HIPAA, of privacy laws. Um, and, but you know your kids. Are your kids the kind of kids that can sleep till one o'clock in the afternoon, get all their work done and whatnot? So she's saying, yeah. So what's important here, right? So is it the disruption of the family schedule or can you ignore them? Because if you can ignore them, but I would just lay it out and say, we have to figure something out. What's a happy medium? And ask them to tell you what they think is a happy medium without telling you telling them. Because the moment you tell them, the answer is no. Um, now, with that being said, I'm assuming that because they're in college, that they're a little more mature. So the way boys work in maturity is age 15 is a maturity time point. Um, and then like, you know, early twenties is another time point, right? Like 20, 21, 
and then they kind of really don't get big shifts to maturity again until like 28. They don't, they mature very differently. Marianne's like, thanks, Roseanne. Um, they mature differently than girls. Girls have like a steadier maturity level. Um, mood disorder girls are a little different. Obviously, anybody with a neurodevelopmental disorder um, in both males and females are a little different. But those are sort of like the standard. You can have boys that are a little outside of that frame. But um, that's sort of like the developmental window when a lot of things happen and they just get a greater awareness outside of themselves. They're so egocentric, you know, um, and developing lovely human beings, but egocentric, right? So I would just see what comes out of them. You know, usually if you ask somebody to negotiate and you let them think of it, if they think of it, they're going to be way more likely to do it, right? For any of us that are business people, this is what happens. That so, actually, yeah. No, yeah. I was going to say, like, that makes so much sense when you're saying that. I'm like, because, you know, he, I would think that if you ask him to come up with a solution and say, yeah, you know what, like, we're really struggling. I know your sister's really struggling because she can't sleep at night from the noise and, and your dad and I, blah, 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 blah. And I was just wondering if you could help me maybe come up with a solution for that or, yeah. you know, something like that. Like, he he can come up with a solution himself without you saying you need to stop doing this, which is just yeah. going to create, you know, more right. separation. And, right? and if they, you know, they don't come up with a solution, which I'd be surprised if they didn't come up with something. And you know, kids sometimes come up with things better than what we think. Like it's pretty cool. They're so, so cool. Right. Um, but if they come up with a solution and they don't honor it, then it's like, Hey, listen, you came up with this great idea. I'm totally on board but yet, you know, you don't really seem committed to it. And I'm really in a hard place because your dad has to do this and your, or your dad's noise sensitive or like all the million reasons why and say like, what can I do to help you honor this commitment? You know? Um, and then, you know, it's hard to get punchy with you when you say things so nice like that. You know what I mean? So, um, and you know, if you're really struggling with family communication, like, and you do have a history with working with a therapist, call that therapist up, you know, like we're doing a lot of this kind of parent coaching with people is almost just to negotiate some of these issues, you know, but, you know, thank you for bringing this up, Marianne, because I feel like this is the biggest thing nobody's talking about right now is these college kids and high schoolers that have all this independence and now you're all quarantined together and it's like, guess what? It's tough to navigate and everybody's going to get on everybody's nerves. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was such a, such a really like great solution and a great approach for that. The next question is uh, someone saying, I'm doing everything to try to sleep. I'm trying tapping, Tai Chi, yoga, no luck. Um, any suggestions, Dr. Roseanne, that you want to share? And then I yeah. might in too. So yeah, I would say, first of all, amp it up. So um, sometimes we only do these things before bed. And what's happening is your nervous system is getting into a hyper state throughout the day. So like I always say, you know, here's the bottom of your nervous system, here's the top, and we're supposed to idle down here, and then you start idling up here, and you're in this hyper state, and you're going to like, all kinds of things can go offline or hyper or whatnot when you're in this state, your limbic system activates, um, information will hit you too hard. So you need to make sure that you're doing this throughout the day. So like every hour out of the hour, set the timer, you know, in your phone, it looks like this. I got a timer set for 225. 
um, not for that, um, but for something else, put a, put a timer on every hour, put something sweet, like your favorite song um, to remind you. Don't put a startling alarm and just say, that's my reminder to do my, my uh, three, five, seven, eight breaths and you need to get your nervous system down in a different idle state. So that's really critical. So that's one part, breath. You're already eating as well as you can. Pay attention to when you eat certain foods, if you feel better, this is a time to amp up some healthy fats, which really helps with neurotransmitter activity. You wanna exercise as much as you can, regardless of your space. There isn't a space anywhere I don't care if you're living in a 500 square foot studio apartment in New York. There isn't a space anywhere you can't exercise. Get soup cans out, start doing weightlifting on that, do plank, download dogs, Google yoga. You can use it in a very confined space. Um, oh, somebody says Epsom salt baths. Um, Amazon is still delivering. My number one favorite is a magnesium soak. Um, and, you know, I know we're under bad stress times, but your nervous system knows no difference between good and bad stress. Um, and so this girl who has all this fun stuff in her life, actually, if I don't do a magnesium bath two to three times a week, I'm not sleeping. Um, plus I'm in perimenopause, but um, I'm thriving through perimenopause because I take excellent care of myself. Um, and so, but it's, it's called ancient minerals, magnesium bath. I don't know if you have another one, Dr. Elena, that you like. I like that one. That's a really good one. I love that. I got it on auto ship. It comes every month and, um, you can, you can do a bath with some lavender. You can do Epsom salt, do whatever, you know, be very intentful. Like when you go to do a practice, say, this is the positive statement. I'm going to feel much better when I do this. Yeah. It's going to happen. I promise you. Like yeah. it, You're going to tell yourself that it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So regular things. And then, you know, you can, I don't know what kind of supplements you take for sleep. Um, I certainly not only do magnesium baths, but I take three different kinds of magnesium after six o'clock. Um, I start preparing myself for sleep because I'm a spaz and my brain goes all the time. So I need to do things. I also do PMF. You can do heart math biofeedback. Um, and, you know, just do your best. I don't have carbs. Um, I try not to eat after six o'clock anyway, but some really particularly at night, I'm paleo. So uh, I do have some gluten-free grains. Yeah. Um, and we did get a box of gluten-free donuts. And boy, were they good. Did we eat, each have one, right? But that's it. <laughs> just the one box. <laughs> yeah. Um, no sugar. You know, those kind of things, stimulatory things at night, um, you know, just get into a rhythm and a lifestyle and just do the best you can. Um, and EF, look up EFT tapping for sleep and multiple times a day do these things, multiple times. And I think that will be really, really helpful. Yeah, those are some, those are some really amazing tips and powerful ones too. And then a couple of the things that I'm thinking of are, you know, were you having problems sleeping before all of this stuff started happening? You know, because, you know, that can kind of, you know, help us to help you, right? To, you know, kind of really dial down on that. Um, but just like Roseanne said, like do everything that you uh, no. Um, and if you don't know everything about sleep hygiene and all things you can do, you know, go online. That's something that you can Google, you know, staying away from your electronics, um, in the evening, you've got to detox from that because the blue light from all the electronics, whether it's your television or your phone or your iPad, it actually shunts 
or shuts off melatonin production at night. And you have to have that so that you can go into your sleep mode. You might consider turning off your Wi-Fi at night. That can actually keep people awake and prevent them from going into a restful sleep. It's really interesting, but you know that's a whole other topic of conversation, but it actually alters your calcium channels in your, in your uh, receptors of all of your cells. And yeah. you have more calcium channel receptors um, in your brain than you have in any other organ in your body. I think your heart is next after that. And so, you know, it could be that. And so kind of like there's some digging around that we could do on that. But the tips that Dr. Roseanne gave you, you know, try these things, go online, look at sleep hygiene stuff, practice your breath work. We are getting ready to, um, as soon as we're finished here with Q&A with Dr. Roseanne, we're getting ready to do a repatterning session. I want you to see how you feel after you do that with us. Because my guess is that your mind is going to be very still and you're actually going to be like, oh my God, I feel really calm. And this works for people. If it works for you, we're going to have it recorded. We already have a couple of other ones recorded and put up onto our Facebook pages so that you can do those, do those two or three times a day. You know, these are shorter sessions. And then also, um, you know, yoga breath work can help. And we'll be talking more about that too in some upcoming sessions. And this is somebody that says that they have this as a pattern. So, you know, I look at this time as an opportunity to work on yourself. Because guess what? What else you got to do? So, you know, use this as that time. Um, I think that's important. So I think the key is that people with sleep issues don't realize is they really need to have these things, whatever tool you're using throughout multiple times in the day. Like in your brain and body, spent a long time getting in a hyper state and you might feel immediate relief, but you have to keep walking it down over time. This yeah. is something that's going to require consistency, not for a week, not for two weeks, at least a month. Yeah. So you got to create that brain change and the nervous system change for it to really let your homeostasis, like your homeostasis for sleep is like, I'm not going to sleep. You've got to pair that down. And, and then Dr. Elena can help you with things like hormones, right? So like that was my thing in perimenopause that all of a sudden made it. I was like, I'm Dr. Roseanne. I do neurofeedback and biofeedback. How could I not be sleeping? Well, it was hormones. So I worked on that and I'm good. So, you know, um, and it took some time. It wasn't an immediate thing. So it's important to do that. There is one good question here that I don't want to forget and is important related to teens is like, how do you reassure them and how do you help them when they're just getting so much media, um, social media? So what I like to do is I like to, you know, say like, what do you, what are you seeing online? Like, oh my God. Or I'll say like, we had this big thing here in Connecticut, maybe New York Times where um, somebody had a party in Westport, Connecticut. And then all this, um, all these people got Corona exposure. So it made the times. Well, guess what? It's a great conversation piece. So it'd be like, did you hear about this? And then, you know, have a conversation and then say like, what else are you hearing or whatnot? And then the next thing would be like, there's a lot of bogus stuff out there. Like there's a lot of fear mongering. There's a lot of stuff. Like, I hope you're, you know, like, I know you're so smart. So like you're being careful, but I also want you to go like, if you have a question, ask me and, um, you know, I'm happy to ask you these questions, but like, trust me, this is like grapevine for those of us that remember, like, you know, you, you take two cups 
and you put the string in it and then you tell it, you have to pass on to people. Um, and by the time it got to around, everything was altered. And so we need to use those kind of examples. And even if your kid is snarky with you when you respond, they're listening. So give them love, give them information, and then give a door that's open to them so that they can continue that conversation and, you know, play games with them, like force your teenagers, like at our dinner table, we have a chess table set up. So like they play chess every night at dinner. Um, like, and when kids are active with you, more things of all ages, they'll, they'll do that. So, you know, if your kids enjoy different card games in particular, um, it's really can be a nice way for things to just organically pop out of their mouths without you being like, again, grilling them like a police interview. That's awesome. Um, before we finish up today, um, I want to see if anybody else has any other questions. Anybody else have any other questions? Perfect, perfect. Um, Dr. Roseanne, I already know this, but I just have to say it. You're amazing. I love uh, you. Well, you're pretty darn amazing yourself there. Thank you. Thank you. I love, I love what you do. I remember when I first met Roseanne, um, you know, um, she does have one of the strongest personalities that I've ever met and, um, and, and it fits her perfectly for what she's doing and the type of work that she's doing. She's really a pillar of strength for people. And, um, and, um, and, you know, she, and, and she inspires me too. And, um, and I just you know, wanted to tell you that because yeah. I think, I think as women and as humans right now, we need to lift each other up and we need to see how we can help one another. Um, and I just wanted to tell you that, you know, I do, I do think that about you. I see you as a very strong pillar of strength for people and, uh, and thank you for being here for us. And we hope that you'll come back and join us you know, for some more Q and A, we're going to be doing this twice a week for as long as we need to, yeah. to, help, to help support you. Absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to do that. And, you know, also I am responding to a lot of messages on social and things like that. So, um, you know, feel free to reach out, but this is wonderful that you're nurturing your community and you have a great team of people that um, are worried about your mind, body, and spirit. So, um, and those are all equally important you know, but I just want to say to people, you absolutely have the power within yourself. Um, and it starts with you and how you feel and how you think. Um, and, you know, you can get through this and really sometimes even be stronger as stinky as this is. Um, think about what you're going to gain in this and you can do it. Thank you, Roseanne. I'm giving you a hug. Bye, bye yeah. lady. Bye. All right, so um, please let me know. Thank you, Veronica. Thank you for jumping on. Um, I always love your input. First of all, I would love to hear from you guys. If there's something you're wanting to hear about, um, tell us in the Facebook post you know, what you would like to know more about. You can also put it here in the chat box. Um, and again, we love you and I'm proud of you for reaching out um, and, you know, taking the time to connect with people who care about you, who love you and, um, and so that we can, you know, be the voice of, of calm and reason during this crazy storm here. And we love you and um, thanks for taking the time today to put yourself first. Bye.